Hi, welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh Bashinsky, and today I am blessed to have with me a whole host of guests. First off, of course, I have my co-host, Black Hat SEO, Clint Butler. Say hi, Clint. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Oh, I didn't mute. Oh, this time I didn't mute it. We should have like a drinking game. If I forget to mute it, then I have to take a shot or something or something. <laughs> and uh, we have also with us, uh, Derek is sitting in with us. He's going to ask some questions later on. And we're also blessed today to have our special guest host, uh, Kyle Roof. Say hi, Kyle. Hey, how are we doing? So Kyle's uh, in Milan right now. He's a world traveler. Lucky. He's presenting at a conference in Slovenia. And uh, tell He's us how you're doing Milan. What is Milan like? These are the Milan sites right here, as you can see with my Airbnb. Ooh, they have cupboards. Yeah, nice cheap ones. But um, yeah, no, so far so good. Interestingly, if you travel Europe a bit, um, I've only been in Milan for a day and only honestly for a few hours, but it strikes me like it's a lot like Berlin. So if you've been to Berlin, it's really interesting. It's has the same kind of vibe and feel. Maybe the food's a little better, but... um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet it is. Do you find the? Do you speak Italian? Do you find the language barrier an issue? I speak no Italian. I speak uh, enough German to get him around in a restaurant. I speak a lot of Korean. That's not useful around here. <laughs> nope, um, none of those apply. <laughs> <laughs> but no Italian. But so far, it, you know, with anything, it's just you look at the menu and I'll take one of these <laughs> and a beer this size. It's all good. Right. Okay, so today we're very excited to have Kyle on. Kyle has a really new, uh, super cool on-page SEO tool that he just released. It's in beta right now, and Kyle's going to walk us through that and show us some results. I've already got some results here to look at. And Kyle, if you want to show us some different results, it's totally up to you. We can look at my results, your results, however you sure. want to proceed with that. But we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, if you've never seen the show before, the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show is where we discuss white hat techniques, black hat techniques, gray hat techniques. We are the best SEO show on YouTube. We're probably the only SEO show on YouTube, but, but we're still the best one. That was my first <laughs> thought. I was like, are there others? <laughs> are there any others? I think <laughs> among Johns and uh, Bill Slosky every now and then do a show. And I think uh, I think David Harry and, uh, and uh, Terry and those guys in Toronto, I think they do a show. But I'm going to put on record that we're better than them, both in terms <laughs> of being SEOs and in terms of our show. And this is the reason why, is because I have the best guests with the best tools and they have the best evidence. We actually do SEO experiments. Obviously. We actually do SEO experiments to find out what is truly a ranking factor and what is not. Everyone else is just guessing based on their experience. Well, we've got experience to plus experiments. So if they ever want to come on my show, I'm, I'm continuously inviting them to debate us, and they never show up. So I'm going to call them cowards. But I, if they ever want to come on the show and test their theory, whether they're better than us, they can do that. Until such time, I will, I will happily proclaim that we are better. <laughs> I will safely and happily proclaim that we are better because they don't come here to defend themselves. So uh, so that's the show. Uh, today we have a really cool tool. So first off, though, the first segment we'll get into is what's new in SEO. Um, that's always the first segment we start out with. But to tell you the truth, there's not really a lot new in SEO. You've seen a fluctuation in your, um, in your rankings lately. Barry Schwartz from SE Roundtable. Oh, good old Barry. He uh, did report that there's been a shakeup in the in the rankings lately. I did see this effect on my test servers. Uh, the pages fluctuated one or two uh, uh, spots up or down. Kyle, did you see any fluctuations in your test servers as well? Uh, on, a, on a handful. It wasn't anything super huge. But, mm -hmm. you know, you see that, which is actually kind of fun because uh, I marinate test pages. You know, I'll, I'll create test pages and let them sit because sometimes it takes a while for them to index. But exactly. then... 
you can see the whole test environment sh reshuffle, and then you know that there's been uh, an algo update. Yes, a disturbance in the force, right? So exactly. it's like we have Richter scales, and we can see the, the little shaking there. And so uh, it's quite interesting whenever Barry says that. He says there's been a shakeup in the rankings, and sometimes we never see it on our test servers. It's just placid. Or sometimes we see the shake on our test servers, and then we know, okay, well, it must have been something content-related or something indexing-related or something crawling-related because that's the only, at least for my test servers, that's pretty much the only thing I have going on right now. All my traffic tests, they stay solid. All my linking tests, they stay more or less solid. So I know they didn't adjust the traffic or the, the, the user metric quality score and or the linking algorithms. It was some kind of content related. Maybe they tweaked keyword density slightly. You never know what they could do. They could tweak anything they want. I, I was going to pipe in and, and can you guys hear me OK? Yeah, we can hear you. Um, I, what I noticed was a bunch of stuff happening on uh, Search Console. Mm. Um, just all uh, errors on client sites. Um, just I seem to amplify over the past week or two. So I don't know if there's something going on there where they are doing a bunch of quality checks. Um, there was specific things like 404s um, that were detected. All of a sudden, they were um, little things like that. Okay, so yeah, so you're seeing a bunch of indexing and crawling kind of adjustments on on Search Console. Yeah, it's entirely possible, and that would kind of explain why we see fluctuations on our test SERPs. Because I have four pages that are running. If this one gets removed because it was because it didn't like uh, it was de-indexed or crawled or moved some threshold, then the ranking of all these pages are going to adjust as well, and that's what we see. So, and that would make sense on my test servers because my test servers, for the most part, have nothing else going on. They, have, they don't rank for anything else. They have no traffic going on. So that's entirely possible. So it's a, a plausible hypothesis. Yeah, you know, when they started releasing the new Search Console, a lot of those error messages started coming up crazy. And they're coming in spurts, like Derek said. Like mm. you, you get a whole bunch of them. You're like, what the hell? There's nothing wrong. And then they'll go away, and then you'll get a whole bunch more. And that just started happening to you. So. And I, I could see that. Maybe they're tying those into a little bit better, and Search Console is getting more reactive to the stuff that they're doing in the algorithm. That, that would be pretty cool, actually, to make that tool actually more useful, in my opinion. So, right. Yeah, I agree. That would be cool. Okay, so um, uh, Liz says in the chat that she noticed that pages don't get indexed right away when using Search Console. Must be a recent change. Yeah, they did talk about that recently. Um, that uh, they have adjusted. John Mueller was talking about this. He was asked, and I was listening to his hangouts recently. They have adjusted how uh, how uh, because people were abusing the uh, the Google URL submit in the search. No, or, or not abusing, using it heavily, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe for reasons they they wouldn't want. Um, that they've adjusted the amount you could submit through the URL, but I didn't notice any difference in the amount you could submit through Search Console. Kyle, Clint, did you notice any difference in the Search Console uh, indexing feature? From what I heard, and this is just real secondhand, that they limited it to something like 500. Yeah. You can do uh, submitting 500 a day to, to beat the tools. But something I did notice is that I've launched a lot of pages in the last week, and it's taken what might take less than a day, has taken three, four, five days 
for pages to index and show, and some pages still haven't. So I, I'm definitely seeing, and I'm not at that 500 threshold by any uh, close mark, but I'm seeing that pages, at least in the last week, it has seemed that things are taking a little bit longer to index. Okay, so that's interesting. So that means that... Um, it's actually 500 a month. And if you do the math, it's roughly excuse me, 15 a day. Yeah, I'm still per not your, there though. Per Google account, so. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's like 15 a day or whatever it is. Um, 16 a day. Yeah. Uh, that well, it's still interesting that it's taking what, what used to index immediately and be crawled immediately. I haven't seen any differences. My test pages on my server are the, the spammiest crap pages, thin content you can imagine, because they're complete gibberish. I don't know why Google would ever want to rank them, quite frankly. I should just ignore them entirely. Luckily, they don't, so I can have a test environment. Uh, and same, same with yourself, Kyle, and, and anyone else running tests. But um, uh, they, uh, whenever I submit it, whenever I submit it to Google, they, they index it and crawl it like within minutes. So I'm still not having problems because I'm doing my tier ones and stuff too. It might be, and this is pure guessing too. It, it, you know, it just could be just based on the quality of the domain and the quality of your account. So if you're you have a really good established Google account, like um, you know mine or you Kyle's or yours, Josh, you have a better indexing rate than say the fake one that I made or the hundreds of fake ones I made to leverage that uh, that tool. So. That could be possible. To me, it, that would be a good way to slow it to reduce spam is to slow that down. So it takes, you know, a week to index versus doing it instantly to, you know, reduce the spam that goes to it. So well, yeah, I mean that's at the end of the day, that's Google's uh task and their their the thing that they want to do there. So um that's definitely what they want to do is reduce the amount of of spam that can get shoved in there. So yeah. So, but it's still usable for us. So we'll have to watch that problem. So everyone watching the Hangout, everyone watching my show, watch that problem. Tell me how. Tell me in the chat and tell me in the comments how things are indexing for you if you see any problems there. Yeah, uh, do you guys have any other new stuff you want to talk about before we move on to uh, to Kyle's new big tool? <laughs> new big tool. <laughs> little little tool. <laughs> it's big. It's enormous. I've seen it. <laughs> it knows what okay. it's doing, but we can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if there's uh, no new business you guys want to talk about, so let's move right on. So, Kyle, I'm going to turn things over to you in a couple seconds. You developed this really new cool tool, and I think it's based on your experiments you've been doing and your course on on-page SEO. And so why don't you, if you want to talk about it a bit, share your screen, or I've got some results up here I can share as well. It's up to you. Sure. I'll share just so people can see what it looks like. <clears throat> and then um, I've got an output file, but if you want to talk about, if you've run one, we actually did an update today, so... Um, you know, whatever. <laughs> They're all about the same. But I'll share my screen real quick. Awesome. All right. Can you see my screen? We sure can. Okay, so this is the site. It's hbsedo.co, which is my agency site, so please don't be a dick and spam me. Um, <laughs> but page optimizer, optimizer beta exact matches. So, and by the way, just so people are clear, this is free to use. Uh, it's in beta. I think at some point we're going to charge, but we're talking more about server maintenance. I think we're going to charge a buck is what I think we're going to charge. Um, but totally free to use right now. When we do switch over to any kind of paid thing, if you're a beta, we're going to give you a bunch of credits. So hop in now and, and, and enjoy. But the concept is, uh, and you can read about whatever you want to read about, but you put in your target keyword. So in this example, dog lover, you put in your, um, uh, your target URL. 
this is the page that you're trying to rank. And then underneath you put in your competitors. And um, let me just remove this so you can see. So it, it marks it for you. So this is the page you're trying to optimize. These are your competitors. Right now you can put, a, put in up to 10 competitors. Um, you then put in your, uh, your email and you hit send request. Uh, tool takes about 30 seconds to run, maybe up to a minute. And um, then you're gonna receive an email with the output file is, is the concept. Um, some problems that people have run into, you must put in HTTP or HTTPS. That's just kind of the nature of how the scripts run. If you don't put that in, it's not gonna run. And then you have to put in a real URL. So you can use, you can do something dynamic like this. That's completely fine. But I've seen where some people, um, um, like grab, like for example, grabbing the um, uh, the URL, like the abbreviated URL that you might see in SERPs, rather than going to the page and grab, grabbing the actual URL, go to the page and grab the actual URL. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so get the, get that one and make sure you're using the HTTP or HTTPS, and then the tool should run fine. And like I said, it only takes about 30 seconds for the output file to hit. And then you're good to go, and you can run it as many times as you like. Obviously, it's one at a time, um, and you put in your email every time, of course, but that's fine. Um, but you can, we actually have several people that are running this a couple hundred times a day. So go nuts, have, have a great time with it. Um, you get an email, like I said, about 30 seconds up to a minute. And um, this is the dog levers one, but this is the output file you get. Um, Josh, if you want to stay with this one, that's fine with me. If you want to, you've got some specific things um, to, on another output file, happy to look at that as well. Yeah, my output file looks pretty cool. It's a real world example. Let me, I'll share that one too. Yeah, by the way, this is completely fake. Barkpost.com is not a client. I'm not optimizing. It was just, <laughs> just yeah, grabbing. I've got a good, got a good real-world example here. Sure, I'll stop sharing. You guys see, uh, it's for the keyword table pads. Cool. So let's let's run through like what you see on, on that one. Um, Sure. So this was very interesting. So I, I, I just kind of walk us through. You've got uh, the, the main URL. Uh, you've got uh, meta title, H1s, H2, H4s, image alt, anchor text, paragraph text, bold, italic, and then H2 to H3. I, I, everything else is self-explanatory. I just didn't understand what this meant. Sure. That in a second. Um, but let's just walk through the top. So basically, you're telling people um, what the target minimum is of your competitors, the target maximum is, and then compared to what you got, and then whether or not you should uh, uh, improve your variations of keywords. So That's right. So starting at the very top in row one, so list your keywords, so table pads. And it's a good thing to mention because you wrote that plural. It's going to look for the plural version. So if you've got the singular version in terms of exact match, it's not going to count that and right. score it. Um, that would actually probably be, you can see that that actually turns into your variation table pad. But so just in first and foremost, however you write in on the exact match, that's exactly how it's going to be um, checked for on the exact match side. Good. There's your target URL. Those are your variations. The variations, this was um, uh, uh, Ted Kubitis' um, breakthrough on Google showing you the variations by the bolded terms that are in the SERPs. So this is what this is pulling out are the bolded terms. <clears throat> I'm not exactly 100% sure where uh, Ted I keep wanting to say Clint, where um, Ted gets his variations from, but I know that I'm pulling directly from the those bolded terms. I think if you did a little side-by-side -side comparison, I've been doing some of that. I've noticed some differences, so I'm trying to sort those out. But um, Well, Ted's uh, is pulling from all the top 100 results, so that's why he gets 
No, we, we're pulling from the top 100 too, which is interesting. So I'm trying to figure out where the where the difference is. Um, well, is could, that, he didn't give you all the tips. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. But um, but so those are the variations, and so that's what's, what's pulling out is those are bolded terms in the SERPs. The concept is Google thinks these are pretty much your keyword, or these are really close to your keyword, and right. so we're doing a. a and evaluation on the variations as well because those are two separate things. Now, so here's what I wanted to ask you about that. So, sure. um, is this all based on your research? Or are you making some guesswork here? No, this is all research based. Um, when looking at, like, say, the variations as, as that example, uh, have you ever seen uh, a SERP where you type in, um, let's say, dog lovers, or you know, and, and the, all the results say pet friends you know it's like it's really close but not quite to what you actually were searching for it but they're not clearly not optimizing for that term that's why that that happens um google is seeing those terms as so closely related that it will show pages that it feels that are properly optimized even for what looks like a different term but it's just a variation that's why the variations are an important thing to look at so you've got your top level phrase that you're optimizing for and then you're getting a whole set of variations those other words that are similar to yours and, and the usage of those is important. And is it your contention that you should be using a main keyword, like in this case, the exact match table pads is what we want to rank for. And then in certain places on the page, you should be also using the variations? That's correct. So often, and this example didn't quite happen, but I would probably consider it because again, keep in mind it's a tool and it's just crunching things and you're a human being, have some common sense. Um, if I used table pads as my exact match, I would also count that as one variation usage as well. I see. Okay. So basically your tool is going to go through and it's going to recommend based on your research that proves that doing this is going to rank better. Mm -hmm. That's question mark. Yes. Okay. Good. Just want to confirm that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. You should be putting your exact match in certain places here, but you should also be putting your variations in certain places here Correct. and your tool is going to tell us exactly how to do that. That's right. So wow, the really things cool. that the things that it's pulling out are the things that we've tested and that we know are are the strongest signals are the ones that at least move the needle somewhat. So obviously an italic word is not as strong as an H1, but it will move the needle a little bit. When you do it in a test environment, you can index pages based on italic uh, keywords. You can actually get movement up doing them against uh, pages that don't have italic terms. So although it's super weak, it is in there and it's one of the ones that we know move the needle so that's what we're pulling out um this is like a big difference i guess between what i'm doing here in cora and this cannot replace cora um in the 520 some odd things that it's crunching we're crunching specific things that i know that we've we've tested and we know these move the needle that's what we're pulling out here right and that's what you're saying i just want to say for those who don't know what cora is email me <laughs> we, we need to talk if you've never heard of cora we need to talk email me at joshmashinsky at gmail.com but when you say bold and italic here, do you mean the B tag or like the strong tag? I mean the B. Um, personally, I would use the strong because we've, uh, you know, as you know, Josh, we've tested that in SIA and strong actually gives you an edge. But this is just looking at the B because it's, that's the predominantly used one. Really? Okay. And for italic, same question. Is it just the I? It's the I. And actually, what's interesting in testing in that one, the EM doesn't give you an edge. The edge actually only comes from strong versus bold. Interesting. So it's just the eye tag. Yeah. That's really fascinating because here's a little bit of HTML uh, nerdery that, that only two other people are going to enjoy, but I'm going to say it anyway. So the strong tag and the, the EM tag, 
the emphasis tag, those are logical character formatters from the original uh, HTML1 spec. And I, the I tag and the B tag are actually uh, format character uh, operators, which are changing the, the actual uh, style of the, the element that, that are in a much later HTML spec. I'm quite surprised that ner Google, being the nerds like I am, they didn't give the boost uh, to, to the, the logical character formatters because H1 to H4 is a logical character formatter as well. So right. even, even though it's moving size, it's, it's, it's denoting importance. And exactly. It's it's a logical. It's it's denoting the logical. This the logic of this is a is a heading. There's a subheading. You know that, that that's that's what they mean by dressing up the data. Sorry, Clint, you got cut off. Uh, and, and I was gonna say it was what spurred that less test between bold and strong was uh, Google developer guidelines. They set out those and they. They specifically said in the developer guidelines to use strong when you're emphasizing a word like table pads, and then you B when you want to use for the actual bolding of a word for the stylistic looks of it. So that's what kind of spurred that test on to see why would they tell you that? Uh, and that's where we figure out how we figured out that strong was actually giving us a boost. You also see it in the W3C school definition where it says bold, the B is just to make it pretty, you know, to make it look better. But the E or the the, uh, the strong, excuse me, is when you've got something important to say, right? Even then, though it looks the same. When they first came out with strong, everyone was saying, telling they were telling everyone to switch it over to strong by default, which is what WordPress did. So now you have to go back inside of your WordPress and, and switch that over manually from strong to bold to get the same effect. And that's. That's such a weird counterintuitive result that I'm sure they used machine learning and thought to just so happen that the, the web pages that were using B and I instead of strong and emphasized just had better results for them. And so that's why they went with it, even though it makes no human sense. It makes machine learning sense. And I'm, I'm probably I'm guessing that's probably the reason why that is. I would guess. Anyway, okay, so anyway, never mind. <laughs> that was a subtangent. Okay, so then, so we've got our keyword here. We've got our variations we should be using in some way here. Now, walk us through here how this uh, how this works here. This this. Uh... Sure. So, looking at the variation side and looking at the meta title, what that's pulling out is um, on the competitors that you chose. So they're not chosen at random. They're, they're, this isn't looking at again with core where it's just pulling the whole results. These are the competitors that you want to compare against. So you think that these people are ranking well because of their on-page is, is really what should be in your mindset. And that's why you choose those competitors. The target minimum, that's the low end of your competitors, is at seven usages of your variations in the meta title. The top is the 14. You're currently at six for the page you put in. So the suggestion is bump it up by at least one to, to move into that range. Because something else that we've learned here is that when it comes to nearly all these on-page signals, and we'll talk about the one that isn't later, but nearly all these you want parity is the goal. You want to get into that range that Google is rewarding. That's what's hiding in plain sight it is what the, the range of usage that Google is rewarding is hiding in plain sight, and that's what we're pulling out for you. So like the theory of gravity is relative, so too are the theory of keywords. You don't want to have... There is no platonic form of keywords floating in the ether that you must have 4.2 keywords in your title. It's all relative to what everyone else has, right? 
because the uh, the concept is that Google, when it looks at a particular keyword or particular niche, it says, okay, this is the content that I'm expecting for this keyword that is good content. If it's good content, we know it's going to hit within these parameters, and that's how they crunch it. Um, so and that's why it changes keyword to keyword, and that's why for your top-level keywords, you want to make these analysis runs each time. And I just want to confirm that, because this was news to me, I hadn't realized you'd gone this far in your testing, that you've tested relative values of meta title and H1 and all these different things and realized that it's a relative number, not just for keyword density, as we already knew, but for all of these different places, placements for keywords. That's right. Um, so that comes from the testing where I found that there isn't a, an SEO currency. Um, let's say you want, let's say for some reason you can't get an H1 on the page, we're like, I'll just make it up with H2s. Turns out you can't do that. Um, each signal is measured independently and valued independently um, such that you, you know, if, you, if your competitors have H4s on the page, and that's what's clearly driving their rank, um, the client can be like, well, we'll just, we'll just make it up with image alts. You know, you can't trade one currency for another or one signal for another. Each of those has to be measured and, and tuned individually. Wow. So I can't believe it. You need a check mark in each box. But you need a check mark in each each of these boxes. You check mark here, here, here. You have to have the right stuff comparatively in here relative to your competitors. But here, here's the biggest move that I had in, in the in the latter part of last year is that um, the the fallacy that people fall into is they say they look at a page and say, oh, this page is over optimized, or this page is under optimized. And the problem is is that a page can be over optimized and under optimized at the same time. So if they look at the page in total and say this is over-optimized and they start reducing things everywhere, they might get some of those signals that were over-optimized down, but now they took those ones that were correct and dropped them into under. <laughs> well, vice versa. blown. <laughs> <clears throat> vice versa. Oh, this page is under-optimized, so they start adding things. And so they might get some of those signals that were under into the right range, but they took those ones that were correct and bumped them into over-optimized. This is, this is how people get stuck on page two and they're like, you know, we keep adding keywords and we're not moving or we keep subtracting. Well, where are you subtracting them from or where are you adding them from? Are you looking at these signals independently or are you just throwing things willy-nilly? And if you're throwing things willy-nilly, that's how you get stuck. Now, here's the, here's the bigger head trip. Because we've got the variations and the exact match separate, you can have one signal that is both over-optimized and under-optimized at the same time. And we see that a lot with long tail, like three and four word phrases. You probably don't need that four word phrase in your body. You probably don't. Uh, you, can, you can crunch it, you can see it, or maybe you need it just one time. So you might have that long tail keyword phrase in the body four times. You're like, I only have it four times and it's a keyword density of 0.5, but you really needed it zero times. So it's actually over-optimized, but you have all these variations that pop out and you find that they're actually under on those variations. So they're over on the exact match usage of a long tail keyword or you know phrase, but they're um, uh, way under on their variations. That happens a lot. Wow, okay, that's nuts. <laughs> that, it, it blows my mind that, and again, just confirm for everyone who, who may not have been paying attention, you have, you have proven all this and you've confirmed all this through empirical tests. Yeah, these, this is the sum total of all the tests that I, I run every month. By tweaking a tag and seeing if your garbage keyword goes up or down, you tweak it again, it goes up or down, and you realize, wow, this all has to be relative to each other. Right. The, the biggest thing was actually all the tests we ran about four or five months ago, um, 
trying to beat beat signals with other signals and it's it's almost impossible to do okay crazy okay so let's keep going through this thing so basically what does this person have to do here based on what you what you see here what does this person have to do so when like say for the meta title it'd be increased by at least one but you may want to increase a little bit more because you'll notice that and when we round to the nearest whole number on the exact match so on the variation side you're looking at increased by one or two uh, on the exact match side, you're probably good. So you know? they would have to go in their metal title and actually put the the word table pad or or no pad no or like table? pad or table separately or table okay. pad as, as so, a thing. So the meta title should now be, uh, you know, uh, wow table pads or two thousand the best two thousand eighteen table pads. Get a pad for your table today. That's how. how exactly. you know. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, and that would be good marketing language too. Just don't, don't forget to do that to get someone to click on it. That's another thing too. I've realized when you do well with the variations, you end up with good copy. It, it's when you get stuck with the exact match where you end up with that garbage SEO copy. But really often people are often under. Excuse me, they're over on the exact match. They don't need to use it as many times. It's the mm. variations where they're under. Well, okay, everyone watching this, don't tell anyone else what we're talking about. <laughs> we need to keep this as secret as possible for as long as possible. Because <laughs> now uh, I realize what Google has done. To beat uh, keyword spammers, to beat, S to beat white height SEOs, essentially, they've made it complex enough that not only do you need a, a, an exact match keyword, you need a partial match keyword in certain places, in certain tags on your page to have the best signal. That is just insane. So. I think so that'll actually answer a lot. Of, I think that'll actually answer a lot of questions for people when they're like, "How is this page ranking for this particular keyword when it never has it on the page?" Mm -hmm. It's because but, they've nailed it correctly with those variations. They probably didn't need that exact match keyword on the page. And everyone else over-optimized on the exact match keyword. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, so for their H1, these guys need to increase the number of variations of the key uh, by four. So they need to put pad and table, or table and pad, or table pad in there and they need to leave the table pads because it's good as is right but you can notice that they're getting pretty close to the the line there because it's at 1.75 so again be a human being and consider like maybe we need it one more time especially if you're looking at the one two and three results and they all have two for example okay is this a mistake though i'm confused it says by four here but it says 1.75 here so on the left hand side is your variations and on your right hand side are the exact Right. So the right-hand side is using table pads exactly on the left-hand side would be using things like pad and table, and in this case, table pad in the singular. I see. So you already have three. You need to uh, increase it to four, not by four. No, because the target minimum is seven. Oh, I see. The target minimum is seven. Oh, okay. I get it. Okay. So this is why Kyle's here to explain it to Josh, who can't figure it out. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then H2s. The target minimum is zero. Target max is three. They're they're at zero. So, so we would we would say increase by one. Get it in there. One. Put an H two in there. Now that's another important point. This is a huge point. So number nine, where it says the target maximum is three, that doesn't mean using three H twos. That means the cumulative usage of the variations within all the H two tags. They could have seven H twos on the page but we're only using those variations three times. Right. That makes sense? Yeah, they can have a bunch of other H2 tags that don't have uh, the keywords or the variations in them. Right. So actually that's something that I'm coming out 
hopefully next week it might be a two week kind of thing but we're we're working on the script right now to actually give a guideline for this is what your competitors have they have an average of this many h2s they have an average of this many image alts uh, or images on the page they have an average of this many videos on the page to actually show what those averages look like so you can say like okay you know the average is about five h2s and we need three variations so we know we need to get those variations in three of those and we need two extra ones, that kind of thing, to kind of help you structure your page a little bit better. And you want to be on average or slightly better than on par? I think parity is still what you want in, in just kind of general signal location. I see. Parity and general signal location, but overall keyword density, we want to be slightly higher. Well, that's where in paragraph text number 14, so that signal is just looking at what we, what is it within the p tags on the page. Yeah. Um, on the right hand side on exact, this is where we crunch the number that we've tested for uh, optimal optimization. So all the other numbers that you see are looking to get you to parity. That number is actually our algorithm or our our, our computation to get you the edge. That's the one spot where you can get an edge by doing more, for sure. Yeah, this spot and, right here. And that edge, right, so uh, uh, 14 um, F and G, excuse me, F, the target. So what that number comes from is taking the average of your competitors, so the ones you put in, figuring the standard deviation, and then multiplying the standard deviation by 1.5 and adding that back to the average. That number gives you the edge. I see. But it's a really thin point because... 2x the standard deviation is where you hit over optimization almost every time so you want to do that maybe 1 to 1.5x so don't go above that number so like in this situation it says 18.4 I would never round that to 19 on the safe side I might be at 17 right right okay but that is the one area where you can get an edge by doing more right so basically we could say we want we want parity for these, mm -hmm. and we want uh, uh, slightly over mm -hmm. for this one, and, and we want and parity, parity for the rest. We want parity for the rest, and word count as well. Yeah, I try to get within a ten percent above or ten percent below. Is kind of what, what I tell my clients. Another feature that's coming out though is let's say you're in that situation where you're stuck. You know, the tool says your competitors are at 1,000 and you've got that asshole client that is just stuck on 500 and, and refuses to add any more. Then I'm going to actually switch over to a keyword density calculation on all those signals and reduce down um, the usage based on keyword density. So it's going to take these numbers, assuming an optimal number of whatever the average is for keywords, and then reduce down each signal. So like if you're in that situation where you simply can't get the content on the page that you need, whether high or low, the tool then give you those numbers on what you might want to adjust to. Okay, fantastic. So let's get to the ones that are confusing, the H2 to H3, H2 to H6, H4 to H6. So the reason that I've got these cluster like this is because we're rounding. You know, um, we're rounding numbers. So let's say the H2, H3, and H4 were all at 0.6. The tool is going to recommend one for each of those. When you cumulatively add that together, uh, you ended up at 1.8, but the tool gave you three. 
So the idea of looking at them as a whole is just to kind of balance that rounding issue where you might be nailing it on exactly what the tool says because of rounding, but when you look at it cumulatively, you're probably a little bit over or a little bit under because of rounding issues. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> you're gonna have to run that by me again. So again, so the tool gives the suggestion of 0 0.6. Say the, the I'm sorry, the, um, the average comes out at 0.6 or where you need to be is 0.6. The tool is gonna round up to one is what's gonna happen. 0.6 of what? Let's say um, the H2s all came out at 0.6. Okay. The tool is going to round up to one. Yes. So if it was 0.6 for H2s, H3s, H4s, the tool is giving you a total usage of three. But the actual usage was 1.8, mm -hmm. 0.6 times three. Yes. So it's possible that you're actually over-optimized simply because of rounding. In your H2s to H6s. Exactly, across, across that cluster. So what right. this does is this kind of just gives you a check that's, that lets you look at, because of rounding, are we still within the range we should be? I see. So is this, this is based on because you're, you're making up for, for the rounding that goes on other here in, in the tool, or this is because you found that even in no, the spread? It's the, it's the rounding in the tool, because the tool will round to the nearest whole number. So right. when you look at it in, in totality for, say, across your H signals, it's possible that you could be actually off by a few because of rounding up or down. So this right. just kind of gives us a spot check. It's difficult to explain, and, and I, we've been kicking around taking it out of the tool, but I think it's so valuable because you need the perspective. Right, yeah, yeah. So, so basically the general rule of thumb for this tool, and this is a question, not a statement, but it seems to me you're saying, okay, for these ones that we need parity on, you want to be in the uh, you want to be you want to be in the average, but definitely not slightly over. It would be okay, but not nowhere near the target math. Yeah, I, I shoot for about the middle. Is about what I'm where the I'm middle at. or one if it was zero. The the middle of the min and the max. Right, and for the paragraph text, this is one that you are doing the calculation that you want to be exactly this or maybe slightly less. That's correct, on the exact match side only though. Right. Um, and for for italics, so I noticed no one here is using the I tag uh, of, the, of the examples that I provided, which is not surprising because how many people use the I tag? I didn't think anybody did. Um, so you said to leave it as is. Wouldn't it give a boost to make one italicized uh, uh, keyword? I don't think so. I think that's where you, I, I think, oh, so let me rephrase. I think using it one time is fine, sure. But I don't know that it gives you enough of an edge to risk the over-optimization in that situation. Okay. So you found over-optimization in a lot of places in a lot of different ways. And so it's a very difficult gamut of putting in the right tags, but then making sure uh, you don't over-optimize. Or to say the same thing another way, if you're, all your competitors have it, well, then you probably should have it at the minimum, at least. Right. But if none of your competitors have it, then that industry doesn't have an, an iTech and you might look over-optimized. The only places where I suggest using one where the industry average comes out at zero is in your meta title and your H1 and the URL. But I mean, so the, in those situations, it only makes sense to have your key target phrase in the, the H tags, uh, in your H1 and in your meta title. 
where you see that is sometimes you come across a SERP that's just completely unoptimized. Nobody is optimizing for the term you're going after. In that situation, I would recommend using it in those two spots, even if the tool comes back at zero. But with all the other signals, if the tool comes back at zero, I'm recommending zero. Good. So that's a good risk mitigation strategy to put in there. I hope people understood that. We're going to try your tool and using it, and they're going to they're going to behave in that way. Also, as an interesting kind of side note, I notice a lot of different SERPs these days where they're not optimized at all, where no one seems to be optimizing for anything. And uh, I'm like, wow, okay, this is just carte blanche for an SEO who knows how to do on-page SEO, or even better, maybe has access to this tool. Uh, can can start uh, start really crushing it with this. So this is fantastic. Uh, thanks, Kyle. That was unbelievable. The testing you've done, unbelievable. The tool you provided. It's unbelievable. It's free right now as a demo. So go ahead and enjoy. Try you might find if you find. I'm sure there are bugs. You know, <laughs> or I'm sure like, hey, I looked at this and the counting's wrong. I'm sure that exists. So um, you know, don't. <laughs> well, the tool says this, so I'm just doing it blindly. No, use some common sense. Look at it. Balance it. If you see something that looks weird, contact me. Today we added in one more signal, uh, and that is um, body and header HTML tags. So instead of just looking at what's inside the P tags, it just looks everything that's inside the body and in the header. Two reasons. Reason one is sometimes you'll have a web page that doesn't have any P tags on it. They've put the content up in a way that's just outside of paragraph text. Um, so this gives a way to, to actually capture that. Um, so you give uh, a way to evaluate the page. But the other thing is people might be getting an edge from scripts, from uh, OG tags, um, from schema markup, uh, HTML tags that they've named. So it's actually going to capture all that. It doesn't go into the page scoring, but it gives you a number to look at. So you can see, like, um, I've seen pages that are ranking extremely well because of their comment section. And that comment section is spitting out all kinds of HTML that Google's clearly considering that signal then will kind of then capture that and give you a look at it like uh, how are these guys ranking when they're not when they have apparently nothing on the page and you can see all the html that they've got going on right yeah that's the other thing that john Mueller swore up and down that he was pretty sure that they're only using the the document object model content that came back but we're finding now that they're reading the html and, and picking out keywords in the html and that that's used, being used as a signal so yeah so just in case like a named class you know, you named your H1, the or you gave it an ID that was your keyword. Called the table pads. Right, exactly. Which could be harmless. I mean, you could have been doing that harmlessly because you got different products and you wanted them to display differently. But more than likely, that's a spam thing. But anyway, <laughs> yes. whether it's uh, it was used nefariously or, or innocently, um, we're we're capturing that. Oh, the other thing too, if you slide over, there's a page score uh, that's kind of useful to um, benchmark for clients. It's color co coded and gives a score because as I've said a thousand times, I think clients are dumb and they need to see pretty colors and all that. So, you know, the tool, like I said, only takes 30 seconds to run. This is the kind of thing that I think might be beneficial to walk into with a, um, to a prospective client meeting, you know, when they're like, Hey, which, which are your target phrase, your target URLs and target keywords and you can come back and, and the score is not going to be too hot. And the score, what I've done is I've, um, it's based on the variations and exact match. It weights heavier on the exact match and weights heavier on the more important signals, such as your H1s and your metas, that sort of thing. So if you do those better, you're going to get a higher score. Yeah, the title, URL, H1, these are it's, the... It's almost actually in that order, except for the body. <laughs> but, but that's how the, the math kind of gets worked out to come out with that page score.
Yeah, and that that correlates with your testing and my testing as well for the, for the, the few of the on-page uh, ones that I've been able to test too and confirm your tests. So that's fantastic, Kyle. I want to move on to some of the questions now. I saw some stuff here in the chat going on that I definitely want to address before we close for today. Um, first off, um, uh, Shayo Lep. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. I just want to say this right off the bat. This person says, John, John they're, they're speaking of John Mueller, made it seem like it didn't matter if it was an H1 or H4, and they said, how disingenuous and unhelpful. One, anyone watching this Hangout, do not go to John Mueller and say, <laughs> John Pachinski <laughs> said on this hangout here, and Kyle made a test, and they proved it. With the, You'll be ruining it for everyone. John will immediately mess with all my tests and mess with all of Kyle's tests, and, and you will be a, a huge douche. So unless you like being a douche, unless you like being that guy, don't go to him and ask him these questions. Keep in mind, John has to keep his job, and John is not an engineer. John is on the Webmaster Trends Analyst team. He does not know intimately how it works. He only knows what the engineers decide to tell him to test. Even all the engineers don't know how it works. They're running two experiments a day, and there are thousands of engineers on the search side team. So uh, you ask a question of Matt Cutts. He didn't even know. It. He had to go back and ask the engineers. And you ask Paul Haar, who's an engineer. He doesn't know. He has to sometimes go and ask somebody else. So one, don't ask them detailed questions like this. Two, um, remember, he's got to keep his job, so he, he can't always tell you the truth. Three, remember, this is just our testing. We are just a few guys with, with some spare time to do this testing. Now, Kyle, your testing is fantastic, and it's very extensive, and I think you've proven a lot of this conclusively, but we can be wrong. I mean, I mean, their artificial intelligence can, their artificial intelligence can be complex enough and can be smart enough that we, we can show how it works 80% of the time, but they have some weird rules that rewrite things when they didn't like uh, some, some result they got. Because that's how Google works. They patch upon a patch upon a patch upon a patch on another patch and another patch. And that's how they have to be very careful because their algorithm can get away from them with all these patches. Any piece of software you patch like a hundred times a year can have problems. And so that's why they have a very good version control system and, and do all that testing. So keep in mind that you have to use some common sense and that what we found here, our, our testing shows it is more or less correct, but there could be exceptions that we never ran into. Would you agree, Kyle? For sure. I mean, it's a complex thing. Um, I will say though, like, uh, to say that an H4 versus an H1 doesn't matter is, is a really difficult one to swallow. Right. Like really difficult. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, I would, I would side with your testing. That's why uh, all of my longtime viewers have seen my, my annoying lecture on evidence and the quality of evidence and your empirical, uh, experiments beats out John Mueller's rumor, even though he works at Google. If an angel came down from heaven and whispered in your ear that E equals MC to the third, that doesn't make it true until you go and test it and you find out, no, angel, you're wrong. Sorry, I don't know, maybe I, was, maybe I was high, whatever happened. John Mueller doesn't always necessarily speak the truth a priori. It kind of has to be tested. And I would, uh, Kyle, sir, I would go through tests any day over anything that, that Google did. He's not lying. He's just telling you from his perspective. Exactly. And his perspective is always, don't worry about it, because it's really hard to do. Like like Kyle has just shown, it's really hard to do and test. He's just saying, don't worry about it. I can't tell you anyway. Just focus on quality, make the best site possible. That's probably, in the realm of what he's allowed to say, that's probably, honestly, the best advice he can give, right? Is to make the best quality site, convert as much as you can. You know, that's, that's more or less, all, and then he can help with indexing and crawling. That's really all he's allowed to do. 
Okay. Let's just let's just. I'm sorry. I'm gonna interject here. I'm just gonna like let everyone know the real truth about this whole thing. Okay. And so that's that's that is, is Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Roof. Kyle Roof is the second cousin of John Mueller, <laughs> and John just feeds Kyle stuff under the stuff, and Kyle just puts this spreadsheet stuff together, makes it look super fancy. But honestly, just John speeds, just spoon feeds Kyle all this great information, and Kyle just puts it in the spreadsheet. It's actually the hardest part of my day is to make the spreadsheets look random enough to be real. <laughs> right. That's amazing part. And 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 actually, Kyle's not in Milan right now. He's actually in Switzerland. <laughs> He's north a little bit. Switzerland. <laughs> He's, that's John Mueller's going to come walking through that door behind you any second. Exactly. He'll be like, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told okay. you after the show. <laughs> We're just joking, folks. Eric is just joking. He's 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 known to be a, a, a trickster. He's kind of like Loki out of out of Norse mythology. If you invite him to a conference where he's competing, he's going to bring out a child who, who has leukemia and he's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, it was a real child, and it was a real it was a real good move. And it was there was no rules. He's black hat. There's no rules, so I, I admit it. Okay, so let's get to the questions here. Um, uh, Nathan Hammond asks, uh, has anyone does done any single variable testing on secondary or tabbed content? Have you ever done any testing on tabbed content, like hidden content, you have to press a tab to see it? Yeah, all that gets read by Google. And then I even tested on whether like, you know, does it get devalued and I couldn't see any devaluation. I had a lot of fun too doing like CSS stuff um, where cool sliders, like you click and then the whole like, it looks like a whole other page slides over. All that gets indexed and read and considered. So, sweet. Yes. So, depending on how you do your CSS, it, it might it might not. But your testing says yes. So that's that provides some very interesting possibilities. If you want to make sure you have the on page set up the way your your tool does, but you don't want to change the look of the page, you can just have it all off on a side, <laughs> and it, you press it, it comes over. You can see it. You know, like a, like a like a data sheet almost. That would be kind of cool, actually, a cool way of doing it. I think the thing you only just want to keep in mind is that um. As long as you're doing it as a design choice, you know, so you're not making a, an arrow the size of a pixel and you click on that and then get over there, you, you actually have the page built so that people would be encouraged to click over and see that content, then I think you'd get past any manual review. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm just looking through here to see if we have any more questions. Uh, people are asking about Cora. Yes, email me. I'll tell you about Cora. It is fantastic. Um, uh, Shilep put the URL for your, your uh, beta test in here. I guess it was hvseo.co, page optimizer, beta, exact match. I could put that in the uh, description as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I should probably put that in the description here. I really didn't brand that well at all, but I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to make people earn it. <laughs> yes, you don't want it to get too popular. It could have been worse. You could have used one of your testing domains. <laughs> that would have been awesome. It's like, 15 random letters in a row. Okay, I'm saving that. Now let's go back here to, to the questions. If you have any more, does anyone in the, the on the chat here have any questions? Who's on Who's on live? Eric, Keith, uh, Rudy? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, can you start from the beginning? I missed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. no? And, we're actually, and we're actually not recording this, so it was just a one-time thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're not recording this. It was yeah, a not at all. Thing. No, this is definitely being recorded. People can watch it later. If they, if it gets too popular, I might delete it. <laughs> I don't want people finding out about this. I just sent out a news release. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Perfect. Perfect. 
I was thinking this would be a really cool. Do you think there's any way, Kyle, you could fit this into a WordPress plugin so it does it works automatically? That is the thought down the road if uh, I can get my dollar per use. <laughs> that would, <laughs> that yeah, would fund, that would fund the plugin. Now buy the product and maybe we'll go ahead and use that to develop a, a better solution for you. Exactly. That's how it right works. Now. MVP, <laughs> baby. MVP. My, uh, my SEO charity only goes so far. <laughs> yes. Uh, it just goes to the top of Google. <laughs> Does anyone else have any questions? Keith? Keith, questions. Keith was handsome. Keith, you sound like you're the man from underwater. We can't understand you. Do you eat hard-boiled eggs? Did you recently make love with a mute woman? <laughs> Did you win the Oscar? Damn. <laughs> Why you got to bring my wife into this, man? What does a mute woman <laughs> sorry, have to do man, with it? You can send all your complaints to Josh at Josh Krasinski. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keith, type it in. I, I was completely responsible for that movie. <laughs> I am actually Guillermo del Toro in, in disguise. This is yeah. a good question from Alex in the chat. Is uh, Are you checking the desktop search results or the mobile search results? This is all um, desktop, so that's that's what the script is pulling up. That's a great question. Um, that would be certainly something to, uh, to look into. Actually, what I think would be a better check would be run the desktop and then just ping to see if all the content and HTML is in the mobile version. Because then you know you've got a problem. You know, optimize this because this is what's winning, but then um, double check that you've got all that in the mobile. For sure. Kyle just said, uh, Keith, sorry, just said in the in the chat that he had a twenty percent lift using Kyle's new tool. That's cool. That's good to have uh, those kinds of testimonials. Digital Excel says in the chat, it's a newbie question. That's okay. How much does a client's WordPress site affect the, the results versus a traditional best a built site? Either is fine. They, it, uh, this has no impact on uh, the platform that they're using at all. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all HTML. So, But yeah. it does mean you need to know how to edit various HTML components, which sometimes can be hard in WordPress if you don't know what you're doing. And vice versa. Putting a, a static page together can be a real pain in the ass when you want to move something over this much yeah. and, and, and you can't figure out if it's padding or what a, <laughs> whatever it's just yeah that's why i avoid it like the plague <laughs> i know what i have the patience for in making html sites pure html sites is not one of those things so. <laughs> i just i just send everything to my designers just say go do it this is what i want do it and uh, and they, they get it wrong five times and then finally they get it right <laughs> and then and then, and then it's good Okay, folks. Well, thanks very much. Um, let's end the show with uh, the final segment is random facts about people on the show. Random facts about people on the show. I'll start off. Random fact about myself. Um, this painting here, this picture here is, uh, is a Peter Lick. Uh, it, uh, I bought it in Vegas when I was drunk, and it cost around $5,000 US. That's a random fact. Wow. What's, a, what's a random fact? So don't go, don't go uh, picture shopping when you're drunk in Vegas because <laughs> you'll you'll waste your money. I mean, it's a beautiful picture and all, but I don't know if I need to spend that money on that. What's a, what's a random fact from you guys there? Clint, you want to start us off? Uh, getting rid of the black whiteboard and switching over to the white ones. I found that uh, it was easier. The white's easier to see. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> like that. E-Rock, what's a random fact from you? 
I like to steal valuable art. <laughs> Did I see you lurking in my bushes last night? <laughs> no, that was, that was, was my hired crew. They're going to be hard or something. If your painting mysteriously disappears in a couple days, please don't get upset with me. <laughs> right. No, you can't have the picture. You can't have All it. Right. See, um, you have a, you have uh, a do you want a real random fact, fact or should I just be funny? Sorry, what was just, that? I can give a real fact if you want. Yeah, get, let's get a real fact going on here. Oh, uh, I graduated. I dropped out of school and went back to college and got a 4.0 degree, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars to get and no longer use. <laughs> I got three. There of you go. That's a <laughs> similar fact to, to many people, I think. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you think that just the, the raw work of getting a degree, do you think it helped uh, mentally sharpen you, even if you never use any of those particular skills? I think the big, well, so this goes into this philosophical question of like the value of higher education. So <laughs> If you're a doctor or a lawyer or architect, then you definitely should go to vocational school and become a master of your craft. Um, do I think that spending tens of thousands of dollars and going into debt to be able to get an education that you're not gonna get value of? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I think the biggest value of college is probably the network opportunities that you'll hopefully get. So hopefully, like when I, my, my, my daughter who's going to turn 13 in a couple months i'm basically already teaching her start putting everybody you ever meet into a database in your phone so that you can use that and build your database forever because <laughs> honestly you're gonna be a sleazy salesman right away <laughs> never are you why my daughter would be ever sleep like man i'm like josh fish fascist no 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 you're not gonna, okay, no 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 i meant salesperson you know like you know not not any other kind of sleaze. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not slut shaming anybody. I'm I'm on the I'm on left coast, brother. You know, whatever. I'm gonna just type up a quick news release now. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Bashinsky is that asshole everyone thinks he is. Um, Trey actually had a serious question here for you, Kyle. He says, "What does anchor text row mean? Inbound AT or text of outbound AT on the page?" It's uh, on the page, so it's a. Uh, it could be an internal link, it could be an external link, but it's it's hypertext links, uh, hypertext text. Excuse me, on the page. Right. So that's the actual anchor text in between the a tags. That's right. That's physically sitting on the page. It could be going to an internal page within the site, or it could be going external. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank guys. That's been White Hat versus Black at SEO Show. I'd like to thank our host Clint Butler, E Rock for showing up, Keith for showing up, Kyle for showing up, and also. Rudy for showing up, even though Rudy didn't get to say anything. Rudy, do you want to you want to say something before we, we close this off, or you just want to just want to hang out? Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rudy. How are you? Nothing to say. Actually, one question is, where is the replay link on this? Because I missed the beginning, and I'm really interested in Kyle's work there. Sure. Just go to YouTube, and as soon as it's, you can just move the slider back and press play, and I think that should work. Yeah, as soon as YouTube processes it, it'll be right there on Josh's show. As soon as YouTube processes it, and my giant ego makes the processing time slower, takes a while to churn through that. Oh, but wow. after, after it does, <laughs> you'll be able to watch it. Okay, so thanks very much, everyone, for watching. Thank you for asking questions in the chat. And join us next week for more SEO goodies, the kind of which you can never find anywhere else. And do not tell Google about this tool, or go asking Google about Please don't. 
Do H1s really better than H4s? You're not going to get the answer you want anyway. John Mueller can't tell you if he even knew, which he probably doesn't. So that's been White Hat versus Black Hat. And as I always say, good luck on the Serps, guys. Bye-bye. Um.